Blog Talk Radio. My gosh, one week after we did one, it's a new land speed record. I am Stephen Platinum, and joining me as always is the venerable, the chipper, the bodacious, you like that one, Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? Well, pretty good afternoon, sure like that, feeling more venerable with each passing day. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here in Vienna, Virginia, right next to Washington, D.C., actually. I'm visiting my um, sister's family up here. So I've got the, the wife and kids, and we're up here. So um, right now it's it's gorgeous here. My God, it's perfect weather. It's like 70 degrees and, uh, you know, a little overcast but not rainy and uh, having a cookout and just having a good old time. But took a little break from my evening to be here on the tipping point because we have two great guests tonight. Who are they, Larry? We've got uh, action uh, wrestling promoter Matt Griffin, who will be here to, to sort of do the postmortem on his first show and talk about the, his second show coming up this Friday night in Tyrone, Georgia. Mm-hmm. We also will be joined by APW promoter and former NWA Wild signed an anarchy star Jeremy Vane will be here in the second half. Jeremy, now, Larry, is it hyperbole if I say he is one of the best baby faces in the modern era in Georgia wrestling? Am I speaking out of school, as they say? Well, I thought he was a great baby face. He also made a really great heel later on, oh, yeah. too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, ex- he excelled in both roles. But in his younger days, he was, a, he was an awesome baby face, absolutely. Very, very old. Yeah, so we're going to be talking to the two of them. Yes, yes. But, Larry, uh, you know, sometimes um, we – when we talk about the show before we're going to do it, um, sometimes we've got stuff – and sometimes we don't, but you had a very interesting thing you wanted to talk about right here at the top. Well, you know, this past weekend got me thinking, you know, I mean – for those who may not have seen my report on uh, GWH News and Notes at dot com about the Anarchy Show, they had eight no shows, or not? Excuse me, eight cancellations. The, the seven cancellations in one no show, to be most uh, accurate. All, yeah. as my understanding, on the day of the show. And Ooh, Lord. Uh, it it just made me wonder, Steve, about your experiences with like the the like the worst ever for you with. No shows and cancellations, for one thing. Does any particular 
show during oh. New Year's stand out as like I mean uh, I know you had a lot you had a number of them but uh, <laughs> undoubtedly I, I mean that was uh, that was kind of like PCW's thing was uh, it's why I knew I actually knew my stuff as a booker because get this Larry here's the, here's a statistic for you out of two hundred plus booking sheets because I I um, did a booking sheet and they were semi detailed they weren't Russo esque like novellas but they were you know who was wrestling who, about how long I wanted it to go. Um, But then also, you know, all the individual segments, if somebody got a promo, I would sort of give them a a lead line. Like, you know, here's basically what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. Out of over 200 booking sheets, you know how many went off as written exactly? Four, Larry. Four. (laughs) For 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 those of you who are listening, um, especially if you're a round eye and bad at math, that is 2%. And that wasn't always because of no shows or cancellations, but often it was. Um, sometimes it was because somebody showed up who wanted a spot on the show, and I was always really accommodating about that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I, I, when I read that Anarchy report, and it's a really great one, when I, when I read it, the first thing I thought was, well, thank God it was Dan, and, and thank God Dan had backup. But uh, that's something that I read people constantly complain about, like Rudy Gonzalez and, and other guys are always just like, yeah, these guys are no show and blah, 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 bitch, bitch, moan, moan. To me, it's sort of part and parcel of the fact that indie wrestling in particular kind of in this weird gray area where it's not beer league softball, but it's not – a Broadway show, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you're in these just sort of gray area professionalism wise. You're dealing with a lot of younger guys, and um, promoters and bookers aren't always the most reliable people. For me, the one that I remember the most, and this was again not anybody's fault really, was they had an ice storm that happened in uh, Atlanta years ago, and this is when we were running out of Avondale Estates, and. Um, as you might imagine, and this is when we were doing shows at sort of non-typical times for whatever reason. So we were doing like a, it was either a 10 o'clock or a midnight show and you I had this ice storm. So, yeah. so no, so that was the birth of the platinum classic because we had six wrestlers who managed to make it. So it was just like, what the hell are we going to do? And so uh, to his credit, Naja. Um, sort of proposed this idea of we could do a tournament. We will just have to f- come up with an, a non-typical format. So, so we did. Um, how it worked was you had three first-round matches, and then the three people who lost their matches would then get into a wild-card spot where the three of them would wrestle and the winner would move on to the next round. So that way then it became sort of a more typical tournament with four people left and two in the final. But what was notable about that, it was the birth of Vandal as Ashy because the, the fans that managed to brave all of that and showed up just started jumping on him about being Ashy, and he was so pissed off. But he came to the back, and I'm like, if you can get them to sustain that chant, you'll win this thing. 
I'm just telling you right now, if you can play that up instead of like doing what wrestlers typically do, which is I want to be a badass and they're making me look bad. And instead he went out and played it to the hilt and a star was born. So that's what I was going to say about no shows and cancellations. Of course, it's not ideal. Of course, it's not what you want. I mean, do you think Anarchy or anybody else wants Gunnar Miller to be hurt? Of course not, right? But at the same time, opportunities abound. The story of pro wrestlers who become stars is usually a right place, right time, injury, or punishment scenario. Where would Stone Cold be if Triple H didn't go into the doghouse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where where would Rock be if he didn't get injured, put on the shelf so that he could erase the specter of Rocky Maivia, the smiling Polynesian, right? The <laughs> injuries and right place, right time matter. Um, and uh, Fred Blassie is one of my favorite stories, right? He was, he's wrestling for a promotion. And keep in mind, everybody's wrestling for a living, but guys still would no show or guys would get mad and leave or whatever the reasoning was. And they needed to fill in with a main event guy to push. And as they said later, they picked Fred Blassie, who was a very, you know, kind of lightly regarded jobber really. Um, but they just said, well, we've got to earmark this guy and make him a star. And later on when they asked, when he asked, you know, well, why did you sort of pick me out of that group of guys to make me a star? And he's like, you had something the other guys didn't have. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, arrogance. <laughs> so it's, it's an, everything's an opportunity. So that, that's my word on that. Of course, you want guys to show and they should be professional, et cetera, et cetera. But you and I both know, Larry, it doesn't matter if it's the greatest job in the world for whatever reason, people are people and stuff happens. And while unfortunate, it's the difference in my mind of a great booker and a matchmaker. Anybody can throw two guys' names onto a dry erase board. It's when something happens that's not in your plan and you have to not just do a make good. Sometimes you can't do a make good except in terms of angle, except in terms of, but you can still give them a show they won't forget. And I mean, the platinum classic endured for years and continues to this day. And it happened because of an ice storm and having six guys to use instead of 26. So nice. yeah, good I love story. it. Hey, one one last mm-hmm. thing before we go to our guest. Uh, did uh, yeah, out of, coming out of this Saturday night, um, one guy was fired for uh, no showing. Did you ever have to just get rid of somebody for uh, because of no shows or cancellations? Too many of them. This is a weird thing. Um, the short answer is no. Um, I, my, my philosophy was more like. Uh, anytime I stopped using a guy, I mean, guys, I mean, I was very slow to not use somebody. Um, Believe it or not, though, my rep was one of like being an incredibly inflexible hard ass. The opposite was true where I saw everything as sort of a teachable moment. I saw that as PCW's role in my role of like, all right, if you've got a guy who's sort of unreliable, maybe you can get him back. And more often than not, it didn't work. But there are definitely a couple of cases, including guys who are very highly regarded now, right, as they were guys that were kind of unreliable. 
And I, I just tended to give more of a benefit of a doubt. I just didn't, I, I just sort of understood where these guys were coming from a little more, I think. And I allowed a little more leeway, but, but then, you know, PCW, I mean, it's no secret generally didn't pay as well. So I didn't, I knew I couldn't hold guys to stuff. Now, if I was forking yeah. out 75 bucks a guy, if I was Peach State or Southern Fright or whatever, I probably would feel a little different about the matter. Um, but, again, you know, it's that it's that weird neutral zone between beer league softball and, you know, um, a Broadway musical where it's like we're all kind of trying to help each other out here. And I think that's when, it, when I whenever I read somebody post – like a promoter or a booker being really angry about no shows. I'm like, well, you can be angry about that, but you know, the guys put up with a lot of crap too from promotions <laughs> and have over the years. And there's a number of those stories, even by the shows that are regarded the best in the area have had their moments of, didn't have the guy's money ready or any of any of a number of things that the guys certainly could complain about and do. So to me, it's all up. I've never been the, Oh, you didn't show you bastard. Now, sometimes the guy didn't work out or it's for me, it was attitude stuff was a bigger factor. If they just didn't seem like they were down to be a part of the show, then that made me go screw you. And if if a no show reflected that, then that was a different thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, in an anarchy, it's always no secret. It's always been a trade off there, as far as you know, nobody's getting paid very much at all. And but in return, you get to learn to work TV and get to have some good teaching. Yeah. You know, and guys have to decide whether that's something they value or they don't value. Um, I guess. In a yeah, I mean, case, I mean. You know, Apollo Crews way back when no-showed a couple of anarchy shows. I mean, you know, like, I remember that. So, I, I mean, you just – not. And it, I mean, whose fault is that? I mean, ultimately, did anarchy ha- – like, at the end of the day, certain guys just, you know, whatever – they fix the attitude thing or they have a lot easier time towing the line when they're getting paid a livable wage or whatever it is, you know. Just every story is unique and interesting and usually infantile, so – <laughs> well, with that, let's go to our first guest. Yes, sir. He's back. Action Wrestling's Matt Griffin. Welcome to back to the tipping point, Matt. Hey, how we doing, guys? I am so fascinated to go back uh, after just listening to the last couple minutes of that conversation to hear all of it. So I'm in, I'm very <laughs> intrigued. How I, I know how it came about, obviously. But I'm I'm so curious how that started. Well, oh, uh, talking about talking about no shows and things like that. That's we're, we're basically Larry posed to me, Matt. He uh he was like, tell me about a time because Anarchy had a thing where eight different people, one of them no showed and seven canceled all the day of the show. It's like the nightmare. So Larry was just asking me for an example, and that got us on the conversation about. You know how strict are you about no shows and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's interesting. And I did get some. I did hear a few things about that, and can confirm that somebody was fired over it, or yes. won't ever be appearing mm-hmm. for them. And that those type of things get unfortunate. But I, you know, there's the word is professional wrestler. 
there's a professional yeah. part of being a wrestler, you know, um, you know, nobody's paid enough to ha- at this level to have booking agents and managers. And, you know, unless you get to a point where you have some sort of a name and you're able to get somebody to drive you and get them booked, you know, like a young boy, uh, you, you know, you got to take care of that stuff yourself. And Matt, uh, Matt, I, I heard that uh, action wrestling went great. And of course, we're going to talk about your next show coming up. I gotta, I gotta ask you this though, if you're being honest, um, when you were a, a, an active wrestler, um, did you ever no show? Did you ever, or did you at least have moments where you were like, you know what, fuck these guys, and like, I, I mean, you know, the the things that you go through as a young wrestler. Did you, were you always the consummate professional, or did you have moments where you slipped up? Uh, there were a couple moments. Um, there was one show I, I did no show. Uh, it was a circumstance that I highly regret. Um, it was, mm. uh, and I'll, I'll own up to it that it was my fault. Um, this was, uh, um, I was involved when, with some of the NWA promotions in the early two thousands and I was mm-hmm. booked for a rival, rival promotion in Pittsburgh. There was also an NWA related promotion in Pittsburgh. I was able to do that because I was serving in the Marine Corps still. Uh, at the time, I was in Maryland, so I was only about a five-hour drive, which, <laughs> believe it or not, a five-hour drive there and back by myself was a short drive back in those days. Um, yeah. And it had been made kind of clear to me that I probably shouldn't go work for these people and that uh, I thought that I would be taken care of by the rival promotion in a Pittsburgh, which was, uh, I think it was run by somebody named Quinn Magnum, um, and I forget who else. And uh, I no-showed, and it was for IWC. I was scheduled against, I think it was Super Hente, and that's a decision I really, really regret because it was completely unprofessional. Um, it was it was stupid. It's one of those promotion type of wars that I got let myself get involved with in, and it didn't even end up paying off for me either. Yeah. Um, I missed, I missed out a chance to work in a cool promotion. Somebody against, I, you know, against somebody I'd never wrestled before. Um, and, uh, and that, that, uh, that does, that actually does still bother me. Uh, because, you know, I had, you know, I, even when I was driving eight hours each way from new Orleans to come up to Cornelia for wild side, I was, mm-hmm. I was I was never even I was never even late to a show, let alone miss. Right. I mean, there's you know there was times I wasn't booked or Bill Barron said it was cool to go ahead and take another booking, but I never I was never late, let alone just blew off a show. Well, uh, Matt, obviously you know you now that you're running you're running your own promotion, which I mean, Larry had high praise for and Larry hates everything. And so like that tells me <laughs> that it went really well. Uh, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, with, the, with your moment of honesty, which I really appreciate, you know, I, you've obviously learned so much from your experience as a wrestler and you're bringing that to action wrestling right now. I, it's funny that you bring up sort of rival promotion because a lot of that happened when I wrestled, in the nineties, um, you know, there was always somebody fighting with somebody and Larry could maybe back this up. I don't know if there's ever been a time in Georgia wrestling since I've been involved with it where there were less rivalries. 
I mean, you just don't hear about like those kind of squabbles. No. Where guys going, oh, if you you can't wrestle for them, you you know, if you'd wrestle for them, you don't wrestle for me, and that kind of nonsense. Like none of that's going on. Have you? What is the reaction to action wrestling, Matt Ben, from other promotions, promoters, bookers, and that kind of thing? Well, it's that's interesting because you know I don't know if it's because of the way G- Georgia is laid out geographically, where you know towns can mm. be only thirty or forty minutes away from each other, but still it's like a whole new territory. Like for example, yeah. Tyrone is only about thirty to forty minutes from Carrollton, but that's you know there's there's a couple of fans I know who go to Peach State who come to my show. Yeah, but they will still go to they will still go to Peach State. But there's really that, that's going to be only a, a, a small amount of fans. Um, McDonough and Barnesville is only about 45 to 60 minutes away. Uh, I have some fans who are at my show who also were at the WrestleMerica show that ended up being Kyle Matthews' last match uh, in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that's not. I mean, that sounds close, but it really isn't that that close. I don't. I don't. I don't know if that has something to do with it. Um, also, you have a lot of promotions who feature much of the same talent. Uh, you know, yeah. Peach State, Southern Fried, Anarchy, and I'm tied in with all three of them. Uh, you know, whether it's sharing talent or sharing a ring crew, uh, reaching out to different people for booking advice. Um, I book a lot of wrestlers who appeared at, you know, uh, one, two, or all three of those promotions. So uh, I've in, I will say I have anticipated a possible problem in that in my town there was a promotion that actually ran uh, at a weekly fair that is just about a mile from my house, and this year I'll be getting that fair show. Oh boy! Okay. So, but, but I haven't had I haven't had any problems with it yet. I've, I haven't had any problems with it yet. So. Um, I haven't really announced my show, but I haven't had any issues, and no, nothing with rival Good. promotions. I'm, I feel like I'm pretty cool with everybody. I do not care where somebody else works. I would only care that they look good, and when I say look good, meaning they're in a spot to succeed, as opposed to, yeah. you know, being made to look stupid as, as retribution. Absolutely, Larry, please. So, Matt, what'd you learn from the first show? Oh, um, you know, it's so interesting that I was so relaxed the day of the show that the worst thing that happened was Dom Greeny's flight was three hours late. But he was scheduled to get in at like 8 a.m. anyway, so that was the smallest bump. Um, I, I learned a lot about just the simple organizational things. Um, you know, I did a lot of prep work. Uh, I learned that paying people before the show is probably the best way you can do it because afterwards, as soon as Dom Greedy and Gunnar Miller finish their match, I'm standing there, I'm talking to fans, I'm talking to sponsors, I'm not in the locker room. I'm amongst my people encouraging them, hey, come out on June 29th. Um, I'm, you know, guys got taken care of. They didn't question like, hey, is he going to be able to pay off the door? You know, am I going to have to wait around? Uh, there's been some notable shows where guys have had to wait around an hour after the show for their money. And oh yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't tend to make Absolutely. people very happy. I, I let some guys go early. Um, you know, once they were done with their match, I'm like, Hey, just let me know you're leaving and, and you're fine. 
Um, I, so I guess you could say overall, being as professional as you can with the talent is the best way to go because they will appreciate it and give it right back to you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I have some admin things I need to, to do better on. Um, as far as I'm not exactly sure what my attendance was because I didn't have the best way of marking who was walk up. I mm. know I had, I must've had about 25 or 30 walk ups, but I'm not exactly sure because I didn't even give them something like, Hey, make, make a tick mark on this paper when you sell a $10 ticket. Right. Um, I, in, uh, I, in spite of the fact that I did not get to have a production meeting with the agents or the announcers, it still came off great and nobody would have noticed that. Oh, and good. That's, and that's just because I, you know, I had Clint Stevens booking uh, or taking care of the locker room. I had uh, Scott Hensley as a ring announcer. I had Al Getz and Dylan Hales and Brad Stutz on commentary. Those are guys you really have to give such little direction to. So they they kind of are on autopilot. They know how professional wrestling shows are supposed to go. Um, and that's that really is the best thing I I did, and that's probably why at 7:30, you know, I'm I, I ended up going to the ring at 7:33 to say thank you to everybody and kind of like a pre-show thing, and from there on, I was mostly watching the show honestly. Um, I was still communicating with everybody with what we wanted, but it was a lot easier and a lot less stressful than I thought it could be. So I guess um, preparation and, and taking six months yeah. to actually prepare the show is what the biggest deal was. So looking uh, forward to this Friday, you... you're mm-hmm. – go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, uh, Matt, what was the, what was the honest feedback that you got from the show, both by people involved with the show and then fans that you talked to afterwards? What was the honest feedback that you got? You know, it was it was almost hard to figure out if I was getting honest feedback because, you know, if you ask a hmm. friend, you know, most of your friends are going to say, oh, everything was great. Okay, that doesn't actually help me. What do I need to change up? Um most of the feedback on the show was great. You know, some some people uh, didn't like a couple of the wrestlers, you know, and, and it's funny because it's like, well, um, you're not supposed to like the bad guys. So that's good. You, you, it seems like you're making a complaint, but you're actually giving me a compliment. Um, you know, people were, people were <laughs> extremely happy about the timing. Um, we started, I went to the ring to say thank yous, and then Scott Hensley took over. That went down at about 7:33. Show ended, Larry. You could probably confirm, but I think it ended about 9:37 or 9:38 to put yeah, it just it over two, two hours. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and that we did seven matches. We did an intermission that was about 12 to 15 minutes, maybe. Um, and I think that was the best thing I did because you know we started on time. We started when we basically when we said we would. And then we didn't keep people too late on a Friday after, you know, kids had gone to school and people had gone to work, kept them the right amount of time to make them want to come back. That was most of my feedback. I want to come back again, which is the best thing you can hear because I'm trying to make this a business that I can have a show every two months as opposed to just, Hey, let me have my 
once a year WrestleMania moment, and I go, you know, four hours and right. burn everybody out. Yeah. Um, so Man, most of the, most the feedback was just. If I could add one no, other please. thing to that, you, you gave you, it was a, only a little over two hours, but it was a packed two hours. You gave people plenty within that two hours. And that's and that's stuff I learned from working with people like Clint with uh, with Rick Michaels. You know, having that idea like I don't really like to have long breaks myself because you know your your mind begins to wander. I don't watch TV shows that are on TV, I DVR them because I can fast forward the, through the commercials. And if you keep people occupied, even if you have a match that maybe is shorter, you know, you don't have to build every match up. You know, first match is seven minutes, next match is eight minutes, second, and then 10 minutes, you know, and then your main event goes, you know, you can have variety there. So people don't know what to expect. And if you do that right, even a two hour show is really going to fly by. Absolutely. So, fast forwarding to this Friday, you're going to go uh, live stream, right, on Powerbomb? Yes. Yes. Um, we had actually discussed, and they wanted the first show. Um, I really, you know, it would have been it would have been nice to. I was trying not to take too much on, um, too much on myself, and uh, and I think we're good for this time. If if the show runs like it did last time, and I have every reason to believe it will because we have pretty much everybody in place uh that was at the last show and the feedback the feedback i got from wrestlers too was that they enjoyed it i had some wrestlers who weren't at the first show whether they you know whether it had a discussion with them and they declined or you know i heard back from some guys who were like yeah when can i come in so i know wrestlers were talking amongst themselves that saying yeah this is this is legit this is the, the a good deal um and and I'm excited to stream on Powerbomb. I, I want to start at 7:30 and go live. And you know, I I probably will be tense until the last match is over because of that factor. Um, you know, this is a unique thing. It's only my second show, only a second show for action. And you have promotions that are, uh, you know, freelance wrestling is on Powerbomb. Um, every month or two and they've been going for four years and they've been steady. They've built up a fan base, you know, black label pro has quickly become a favorite. Um, there's a lot of promotions who are, you know, beyond wrestling is doing great stuff and they have a big fan base. So I'm, this is my second show and we're going live. <laughs> so, and, uh, you, uh, you did have some, uh, trials and tribulations with uh, injuries uh, coming to this show, correct? That you had to make some adjustments to what you were, what you were actually going to present. Yes, some announced and some not. Um, I will say the uh, the original opponent challenging uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams for the Powerbomb Independent Championship was going to be Kyle Matthews. Um, mm. that, was actually, that was actually a surprise to Kyle Matthews as well because I had Told him, hey, I got something. I got something cool. He did. He did not know. Um, I got something cool. I got an idea. Can you potentially leave the show date open and do it? And I've known Kyle for years. We wrestled back in the day before he was, you know, Kyle Matthews, both in singles and tag team matches. And you know, I respect him a lot. And he's okay, sure. So I was able to get Tracy. And as soon as I booked the flight, uh, I was like, hey, Kyle, here's what I got. Um, cause you probably know at the beginning of the year, Kyle was saying he was going to hang it up 
in August after the Scenic City Invitational. Yeah. One of the guys he wanted to wrestle was Tracy Williams. I just happened to be a big fan of Tracy Williams, and because I'm streaming live on Powerbomb, it just made all the sense in the world to have Tracy Williams, since he's a champion, come make an appearance. And I was going to be dropping it, uh, dropping the news. I was waiting for Tracy's last uh, defense, and just just making sure it was it was okay because I you know I'm like okay this is a, a good match to announce, and then I hear from Kyle that he might have got injured and he was going to be having an MRI. Mm. Um, so I had not actually announced that Kyle Matthews was on my show, but that changed. And Eric Royal is somebody who actually, you know, I did have legitimate conversations. It's not just a topic of, you know, something to bring up. Yeah, we were on the phone with the Powerbomb offices. That's that's actually true um, about who could be a credible title uh, match contender. And Eric Royal beat Tracy Williams and Nova Pro in 2016. And he actually, Eric Royal just pinned Tracy Williams a couple weeks ago at the Commonwealth Cup for Nova Pro Wrestling. Uh, so mm. it makes all the sense, sense in the world for it to be Eric Royal. And um, so, I, I mean, it's it's still going to be a, a very good match. I don't think the, the show suffers. Um, I think all the promotions in Georgia are, are suffering somewhat because Kyle Matthews, you know, is been, you know, a rock of oh, yeah. wrestling here for 12 years, 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, every, you know, we were, he had, uh, you know, last matches planned at Anarchy. He was going to make an appearance at Southern Underground Pro. He was, you know, going to come in for me, and I didn't even have a chance to announce it. And, you know, that that's that's unfortunate. But, um, you know, and then, of course, I had a match the first time, match with Gunnar Miller and Fred Yehi. And hmm. that's that match is something I've looked forward to for a long time. I considered it for my first show, and then I was like, well, I'm committing to two shows, and I know the main event for my second show. So that's – I had planned Fred and Yeha uh, and Gunner for uh, June 29th, and it was going to be able to come off. And then, of course, Gunner's knee injury, which is just devastating because he's been on such a such a role lately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, tell us tell us about uh, Friday. Like what like what are you excited about? Um, you know, give us the details so people can get tickets. And yeah, because I mean, it sounds like a barn burner, and uh, I can't wait. So tell us about it, please. Well, well, what I'm most excited about, and and I will plug that you can get tickets on tickets on action. It's action-wrestling.com, um, or you can email me at actionwrestlingga at gmail.com or we're on Facebook at wrestle action and then the number one and we're, um, or excuse me, action wrestling one on Facebook and we're wrestle action one on Twitter. I'm starting to get them confused. So you can tell I'm getting manic before the show. <laughs> what I'm most excited for and, t- and we're, we're sold out of front row and second row reserved. We have general admission for 10 bucks. Um, and our pre-sale is a little bit ahead of last time, and we've still got a few days to go, so um, I'm very excited about that. There, there is actually a little bit of local buzz, I think, and with flyers and posters, we've done a little bit better job of that. I've had some fans who are 
doing great, <laughs> doing great things, spreading the yeah. the word for me. But what I'm most excited about is our, that crowd for my first show. The second AC Mac walked out there and grabbed the microphone, they were up, and they didn't come down until the finish of Gunner Mill and Dom Green. So I'm very excited mm. to see if we can put even more people in there and get even a hotter crowd. That'll translate well to Powerbomb, and you know, and the matches I think are going to be great as well. Um, can I plug the card? Please, yes, please. We have the the main event will be Tracy Williams uh, defending the Powerbomb Independent Championship against Eric Royal. Uh, Eric Royal actually just made it to the finals of the Dynamite Cup last weekend, which was a uh, show that I share some kinship with because they are also benefit shows and my son is adopted. He was a foster child. They benefit a uh, nonprofit that helps foster children. And so it'll be Eric Royal and Tracy Williams. I have North Carolina star Cam Carter against Slim J. Um, probably, oh, the wow. biggest surprise. <laughs> <laughs> probably the biggest surprise out of my first show is Cam Carter was I had two different people come up independently of each other and tell me that Cam Carter reminded them of Ricochet. Mm. And I was like, wow, that is, that is high praise. And I can't disagree because he has a great, uh, just like Ricochet has, it's always in complete control of his body when he's flipping through the air, he's jumping, he's diving. Cam Carter has some of those similar characteristics. And, and Slim J is, I mean, just getting better and better. He had, you know, one of the matches of his life against AR Fox at chaos uh, last December. And he's just, you know, when he just completely tears it up and I'm, Really looking forward to see what they'll do. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I have Anthony Henry, who recently signed a contract with Evolve, which is fantastic for him. Very happy. He's come a long, long way. He's going to be taking on Kane Justice. Uh, Kane Justice wrestled Fred Yehai on the first show. And that was probably the match I was told more than any other was match of the night. Um, mm-hmm. It was a it was a big test for Kane Justice. He's wrestled in North Carolina for a few years, and he's just now starting to branch out. And action was one of the first bookings out of North Carolina that he's had. And you know, going in against Freddie Ahai was a huge test. New crowd he's not used to. He can't rely on you know people who've seen him. This is a, a crowd that's seen him for the first time, and he passed the test on every single level. So he's a guy. Uh, yeah, I was, I was so psyched. He's a, he's a good kid. He came to the scenic city invitational last year. That's where I met him. I'd seen some of his matches. He just came to hang out. He didn't wrestle. He's on the scenic city invitational this year. He's, he's trying to get out there and he had a, uh, a match with Kevin Koo a couple weeks ago that I was told was, was, was fantastic in Indiana. Um, he's going to be making some other appearances and, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be in on the, uh, uh, in early with Kane justice and mm-hmm. he and Anthony Henry. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, his match with Fred Yehi last time was wild and, you know, Anthony Henry's not shy about getting crazy. So, um, those are, those are probably the big three matches and, um, the, uh, also have AC, 
AC Mack and Ike Cross are taking on Matt and Joey Lynch. Mm. Um, I've got, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, Ike Cross is uh, very easy to like. Yes, absolutely. And, and we've got Billy Buck taking on Cabana Man Dan. And, uh, <laughs> that should be fun. <laughs> I mean, people absolutely hated Billy Buck at my first show. Yes, they did. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely hated him. And, and uh, you know, when I, I, I've been talking with Dan for a while, and I'm like, man, I want – I, I mean, I'm this is I'm being honest here. I'm shooting, as they say in the business. I really want to see if Hannah Man Dan can embarrass the hell out of Billy Buck, because that'll make me laugh. <laughs> um, well, and we also have, and I also have a women's match. The first time uh, we didn't have a women's match on the first show, we have mm-hmm. Aja Pereira, just back from Japan uh, a month or so ago, and she is wrestling Tragedy, who. I don't know if you know this, but Aja Pereira's real-life sister is Tragedy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So they're going to wrestle each other, and uh, I have a pineapple pizza pre-ordered for Aja Pereira so she can <laughs> be satisfied with the pineapple pizza. And, uh, and and I have a couple other things that are unannounced. Team Tag will be there. Kevin Blue and Chris Spector, of course. And... Uh, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping man. it goes I mean, as well. Yeah, I hope the crowd is bigger. Uh, I hope the crowd is bigger and word continues to spread. I mean, you, if you've already got fans kind of being your street team, that's a big deal. That's a that's an important thing to have already to establish yourself in that town. So I just wish you the best of luck. Larry, Larry are you going to be there? I'm going to put you on the spot. I am about yeah, put him, 50-50 put him on the spot. at this point. Yes, I'm about 50-50. Oh, but but leaning, leaning more towards going now after I hear Matt hype the card again. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Well, that's awesome. Thanks thanks for coming on, Matt. I uh, can't wait yeah. to hear about how the second show goes. And, of course, we'd love to have you on again. Absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, man. All right. All right. And and I'll see you Friday, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, take Thanks, care. Man. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. All right, oh, Larry. Running a little, running a little behind here. Yes. So Is uh, Jeremy ready jump. to go? Let's get him on. I'm jumping right now to APW. Owner, promoter, former NWA Wildside Anarchy star, and so forth, Jeremy Vane, welcome to the Tipping Point. Glad to be here, Larry. Steve, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, Jeremy? Um, I'm going to just jump in right away. Uh, So APW, of course we want to hear about that, but something that I'm excited about is it just seems like things for you in life have gotten so much better in the last month or two. And that, that makes me happy because you're one of the good ones. I mean, you know, you're an asshole and a prick in the wrestling business, but I mean, as from one prick to another, I, I love it. Right. Um, but it, it <laughs> seems like a, a lot of things are going really well for you and I'm really happy to see it. Is, is that accurate? And has APW been a part of this 
this whole thing where it seems like things are kind of have gotten really back on track for you and are going well. PW is going good, and you know I've been doing real good for about two and a half years now. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Great. So what's going on with APW? Like Larry said, when we sort of talked about it before the show started, it's like, God, we haven't, we haven't had APW sort of represented on tipping point in a long time. So please catch us up and, and uh, tell us where are the exciting things going on? Well, we run every Friday night in Royston, Georgia. So like, you know, all those people down around McDonough that are planning on going to action may want to, Come on up to Royston this Friday for Freedom Fight. Um, we've got Strict Nine returning this weekend for the first time mm. in a ring since November. Great. And if you've never been to Royston, Strict Nine is like Ric Flair in Royston. He's a god. Who would have ever thought that, right? Right. He was booked as the top heel In like 2010 I think With Anthony Henry And I mean we did the fireball To the face and everything And midway through the feud The crowd just picked Strict Nine And started booing Anthony And so we just Did a long swerve or switch (laughs) And he's been the man ever since I mean, that was the feud of that time, hands down, the feud, and it made both of those guys. And it, it's yeah. just an incredible thing to see what's happened with both of those guys who have achieved a great deal of success. I mean, Jeremy, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about is you're one of the guys that have definitely taught guys how to work a show. Um, APW Long has been a place where guys – have really learned to work. It's the kind of place that you go to learn to make money and to learn how to work angles and how to work within the confines of a well-organized show. So when you're seeing all of these guys that you kind of help give their, your, their start to um, doing so well out and about, um, does that change your perspective on what you want to do at APW? Or is it just kind of like, all right, well, obviously what we're doing is working. We're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's been the goal from day one, and I get that from the Bill Barron school. (laughs) Just try to help develop talent and get people ready to make money, like you said, and get them out there. Basically, we try to prepare them for any opportunity that comes forth. And we've been doing um, that for 11 and a half years, every single Friday. I want to go back and ask about how you uh, got involved as becoming the the head guy at APW in the first place. But before we do that, we I touched last week. Uh, Steve was asking me about Rookie of the Year folks, and at first I drew a blank, and then I thought of Xander Ramon, and he's one of your regulars now, isn't he? Yes, sir. He's been with us since he started. Tell us a little bit about him. And he is a big young kid with plenty of size, and he's uh, – good-looking cat that all the girls like, and, you know, everybody has to fight their wife to keep them away from him after the shows. <laughs> and it's not quite as bad as Strychnine, but, you know, that's a that's a different thing, I guess. <laughs> but he's, you know, a good kid with a lot of potential. He's, uh, he's still green, but he's really good, and 
he's actually going to be teaming with Strychnine this week against Habersham Heat at Freedom Fight. And he, uh, nice. he's just, he's just been a nice surprise. I mean, you get young cats all the time, but very rarely do you get somebody with that kind of size, with that look, that can come in and deliver for you. And he's been right. delivering, you know, since he got there. He started last spring, I think, with, and immediately we put him with James Boulevard, who took over as his mentor, and. <clears throat> that angle played out great over the course of six months. And then he finally, you know, beat the shit out of the mentor that everybody hates. And then they went another three months after that. So <laughs> he's just been rolling right along. Nice. We were we were grooming him for the number two spot right behind Strict Nine and trying to get, you know, for years we've been trying to get somebody on the Strict Nine level. And he's come about yeah. as close as anybody. So, uh, Jeremy, tell us about Freedom Fight. What's what's going on this Friday? Um, what are the big matches? And uh, what are you excited about? I'm excited to see Strict Nine return first and foremost. Because, like I said, he's just really, really the most loved guy we've had since Shadow Jackson. And... I would say the the uh, bond between him and our crowd is probably equal to that of Shadow. So that's a high high praise. Yeah, it's saying something. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And you know when he, when we announced him as Ramon's partner on June the eighth, it was just so emotional because we kind of dropped a hint the week before that he was going to be in, you know, be back the next week. We were going to reveal who Ramon's partner was. and We pretty much did everything but put up a flashing sign that said Strychnine. <laughs> and the next week, you know, we had like 30 <laughs> extra people. And <laughs> the promo we did to bring him back was Jonathan Feltner, who's our commissioner. He was out there. <clears throat> and, you know, the night had went to hell. The heel tag team, Habersham Heat, had jumped Ramon in the back. And it was just a chaotic night and he went out there like apologizing to the fans and kind of made it look like he was going to leave the ring without giving them strict nine. And you could hear the people in the crowd as he started to leave the ring, like, Hey, what about strict nine? What about strict nine? You could just hear them. It was like, it started as a little buzz with a couple of people and it ended up a bunch of people chanting his name and then his music hit. And it was just, you know, it was emotional for me watching just to see somebody get that kind of love from our crowd and to see the crowd, you know, love somebody like that. I mean, it gave me goosebumps three times during his promo and he only said one sentence. Mm. (laughs) It was just a really cool moment to be a part of. One of the coolest moments I've had in 18 years in this business. And I was just watching. Speaking of your career, Jeremy, are you are, at this point? Are you, are you like a special occasion wrestler? What do you kind of where are you at with actually wrestling these days? Well, I did the Wild Side reunion show, and I did yeah. about mm-hmm. three shows around that, and I haven't worked since. Um, I've probably done about three street fights over the last three years, 
but that's about it. I mean, I'm pretty much on the inactive list. Okay. Never yeah. say never, but you know, <laughs> as of right now, I'm content. It's just, you know, with with the shoot job and and running APW every single Friday, it's that's enough. <laughs> so I, I I have a, a kind of a dual question to close out. Uh, so Jeremy, um, give us give us your take on APW, uh, like sort of the, the like highs and lows. Where is it at now um, since you've taken over a few years ago? Like, uh, give us the sort of I guess the state of the union for APW, and then um, and then tell people how they can they can see Freedom Fight this Friday, please. Um. Well, the State of the Union, that's putting me on the spot. Um, It's just an old school, you know, wrestling wrestling show in the same town with the same fans. And it's, um, we run six big shows a year that usually at least triple our weekly crowd, which makes no sense. You double the price and they all come out. Um, And... You know, we've got a lot of top talent, and we've had a lot of top talent over the last few years and got a lot of young guys. And, we, you know, our our top talent stuck around basically because they want to help the younger guys. And that's what APW has been about since day one. And yeah, we've got a lot of guys that want to give back and help with that, like Jacob Ashworth and Strickland and, let's see, James Boulevard. Pretty sure Xander Ramon will be on that list. Um, Stone Mountain Sun Carnage been back with us for a couple of years now. Oh wow! I didn't realize that was Stone Mountain Sun. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that. I did not know that. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He trained with us when I was 19, when he was 12. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and he was taller than me then. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big kid for sure. So things are good and that's great to hear. It's great to hear that APW just keeps the train just keeps on rolling. So Freedom Fight, how how can people see it? What time's it going on? All of that good stuff. It's this Friday night, the twenty ninth, um, at three oh five Cherry Street in Royston, Georgia. And uh tickets are ten dollars. Um, five dollars for kids, and uh, you know they'll be available at the door this Friday. And it's tremendous. Any any uh, parting words, Jeremy, that you want to give? Yeah, why did you let Matt take all my time, man? I was just getting started. Larry, you know how Larry is. Larry can't say no to yeah. Matt. Larry's a little scared of Matt. I think a little scared. This is the shortest <laughs> conversation I've ever had with Larry Goodman. It is. It is. We need to. We need to have you back and talk a little bit more in depth about some things. To even get into the story about how this whole APW came about and how you came to be the guy at APW and all that. Absolutely, I would love to do I that. I would love to, man. I'd love yeah, to do retrospective. Yeah, talk a little bit about your career and all that stuff. Let's let's book it for another time because this was too short. Yes, yes sir. I agree. And before you run me off, Kyle Matthews, I love you. I hate that you mm. had to retire early, brother. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you for being on, Jeremy, and APW Freedom Fight this Friday. Definitely go check that out. And special guest to uh, special thanks to our other guest, Matt Griffin. And uh, so for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us at the Tipping Point. There's the outro. There's the outro. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.